also. So we were, we were talking about the parables of Jesus. Started off with Mark chapter 4 uh, last time on the parable of the sower. And the reason I started with that one is that Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of them. Now, he's, he's got quite a few parables uh, that we're going to be covering over the next several weeks. Um, but every single one of them is subject to the parable of the sower. That everything in Christianity centers around this sowing and reaping. And uh, I, you just can't, you can't get away. So Jesus and all the things that he taught, he said, you're, you're, you're going to have to understand this one element, which is the parable we talked about last week. So uh, today we're going to start off in Mark chapter 3. And uh, amen. amen. So turn around over there. Mark chapter 3, verse 23. All right. And Jesus called, unto, uh, called them unto him, and said unto them in parables. Again, we see the, you know, speaks in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? Now, he's, he's you know, we're going to be going into the topic, but let me see if we can translate this a little bit. Uh, either Mom or Ralph said it. Uh, I think Ralph said it in the, the offering about, you know, uh, doing it based on the Word of God, or it kind of tied into this, is that how can you do something by you? How can you overcome the darkness by you? Oh, I know what he was referring to is, is we can't do these things by our intellect. We're not smart enough. Everything that, this is like a side note here, everything that you and I have been given the opportunity to walk in is done through Christ. You can't do it on your own. I've said it many times, a lot of people have come to us in the recovery ministry, so on and so forth, and they tell us what they need. It, that's like a laughable statement. I, I work a lot with people with money, and they like to tell me what they think. Okay, let me see if I can explain this a different way. If you were thinking right, you wouldn't be talking to me or you wouldn't be talking to Peter. Okay, so, so Jesus makes this statement, can Satan cast out Satan? Can, it, it doesn't work that way. Okay, well, now we're going to go a little different than what, oh, it's just a good point I'm making right here. That it seems like people are just staring at me. <laughs> and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Um, do you know what for the church to stand? Now, now, God will always have a church. He's always had a remnant. But do you know how many churches don't exist anymore? In fact, do you know how many countries and regions and cities don't exist anymore? I mean, Ephesus was a great city. Now, there is still a little town called Ephesus. Uh, but Ephesus was a great city. I've walked through the ruins of it. Um, it's now ruins. Uh, the seven churches of Asia. I've been to five on site, to five of the seven churches. They're all ruins. How, how do we get there? See, a house divided cannot stand. Now, Jesus is giving us Again, why I'm talking about the, the parables of Jesus, I would think that we need to, to understand what Jesus taught because he, 
he taught things for our benefit. He wanted to be the firstborn of, of many brethren. Remember, he said, I don't do anything except that which I hear of the Father. That's, that's the opposite of divided. I'm not going to go forth on my own. I'm going to listen to what the Father says. See, a lot of people want a change in circumstance, but they're unwilling to align themselves with, with you know, I'll, I'll call it success, but whatever, the, the align, whatever it is they're wanting to get out of and get into, they don't want to align themselves with success. Because there's some component of that area of their life that's not working that they want. That's how great and powerful cities have come to nothing. Because they didn't want to continue doing what worked. That's why the United States of America is getting weaker and weaker. Is because we don't want to continue doing what has worked within ourselves. If a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Well, let's take it down to a smaller house. Do you know why divorce is so high? A house divided cannot stand. Marriage 101. Do you know what the number one reason for divorce is? Money. 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 A house divided cannot stand. Now, why would it be money? Well, the, what you said not in agreement? Yeah, yeah. There's not an agreement. But why the subject of money? Why, why is there a lack of... Uh, what's that? Uh, that? That never enough or that I want to do what I want to do or one... You know, Dave Ramsey, he always says that, that a nerd and a free spirit hook up together. Okay, the, the nerd is the, the guy that has Excel spreadsheets. You know, they, they know where every penny is. The free spirit just spins. This is why Dave Ramsey says you got to have a meeting once a week. Because you're going two separate directions. If, if you're going to walk together, you're, you're going to have to have an objective by which you're going to operate on. Number one reason for divorce, a house divided cannot stand. What's the second uh, reason for divorce? Communication. The ability to talk. You know how many people live in a fence? Can't even get a, a good conversation going because somebody's going to get their britches tied up? Amen. A house divided cannot stand. <coughs> Jesus has given us the very foundation of life whether we're talking about our marriage life, whether we're talking about any arena of our life, if you're just unstable in your thoughts, you know, James talks about this, a double-minded person, you're divided against yourself. Have you ever fought with yourself? Come on, be honest. You ever got in an argument with yourself? Yeah, y'all are laughing and grinning and everything like that. All right. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Now, so in the, the binding of this, it's, it's talking about the division. If the enemy can come in and get division, he can destroy anything. If he can, on a personal basis, if he can just get you divided against yourself, 
to be double-minded. Trying to walk in faith, trying to walk in fear, trying to walk in faith, trying to walk in fear, trying to walk in the Word of God, trying to get what I want. Okay, it's easy to get double-minded. If you can come into a, a marriage, you know, two people, and get division, he knows he can tear the marriage apart. If he can come into a family, average four people, let's say, and get division, house divided cannot stand. If I can just get us out of it, you know, Satan speaking, if I can just get them out of agreement, I can win. You look at wars, how they, they split and come in from different angles and stuff like that to try to divide so that they can't be a unified army because they know if they can get division within the army, they will, uh, that they can win. So how does Satan stop the church? Gets division. A house, it doesn't matter what, how big the house is. Mm -hmm. Capitol Hill. How does he get it not to work? Division. Ever since the, the establishment of the Constitution, there has always been a fraction trying to disannul it, trying to get us a step. But, but we've stayed on it. We stayed on it for like 200 years. Now they're, they're being successful at getting people off the Constitution. But uh, uh, because why? Because a house divided cannot stand. And so th this is a parable. Um, hmm, I made a note here and I have no idea what the note means. And uh, so now the buzzword in America is diversity. Diversity means by, by definition um, difference or unlikeness. Well, how's it working? We're the most divided we've been as a nation ever since we've been a nation. And, and, and a bunch of Christians, too, bought into this. Well, we want diversity. Well, you want to fall? Because the house divided against itself cannot stand. So diversity is actually bringing in the destruction. And most people don't even recognize that. Because they've made it a positive. They've spun it to be positive. But a house divided cannot stand. The reason the United States has been so strong being a melting pot of different nations coming in is because in coming in, we have all agreed upon the Constitution. That we, this is how our society is going to function. It doesn't matter what ethnicity we come from. It's we will be one. And that's why when uh, Japan, after they, they attacked Pearl Harbor, one of their generals said, we have awoken a, a sleeping giant. And we proved it when we got into World War II. We proved it that we were a force to be reckoned with. Because of what? Unity. What did all the, the military in the, the boot camp, I know it's not really as true today, but they tore people down, built them back up so that they were unified. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they, they worked brothers in arms. I'm not going to leave you in the field dead, and you're not going to leave me in the field dead. We're, we're one fighting force. We're, we speak the same language. We do the same things. Uh, there's always a knucklehead in there. I get it. But as a whole, the, uh, uh, we've been a fighting force, you know, a unified army. But everything in the United States right now, thus in the church also, is about this diversity. I have a right. Well, I have an opinion, too. That's why there's so many divorces. That's why there's so many church splits. That's why there's so many is because people are more interested in the diversification 
than in the unification. Okay, let's go over to Matthew chapter 12. Now, this is Matthew's version of the same thing we just read, but he says it a little bit differently. Matthew chapter 12, I'm going to start reading at verse 22. Then was brought into Jesus, one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth, does cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Now, uh, tie back into last week's Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. If you sow division, what are you going to reap? If you sow unity, what are you going to reap? So a kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So, uh, and if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do the children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else, how can... He goes back into the binding of the strong man. Strong man. Okay. So, so the parable, what is being taught here? One, the requirement of unity. Two, the destruction of division. And three, the authority of the word of God. But if I cast out, verse 28, but if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So how many churches, like functioning churches, churches that are still in existence, fall short of a project because people, yeah, that's not for me. That's division. That, that's my, in fact, the very word division uh, uh, is two visions or a split in vision. Most people now in the modern church are after their vision. But that's not how God set up the church. It's, real, it's actually God's vision that, that he speaks through uh, leaders that carry out and follow, but, but just go through the, the church. I don't know how many churches there are in the United States of America, but how many times has God spoke to a church because he wants to accomplish something within his kingdom and we come up short because people can't get in the vision. Now, if, just bringing it down to a local level, if a local church had a vision from God and they come up short, well, it was the people within that church that had the ability to accomplish the vision. Won't those people stand before God and have to give an account? But now, what could, let's flip over to the other side. Every church, doesn't matter how big the church is, doesn't matter how small the church is. But if everybody was on board with what that church was doing, how powerful would that church be? Now, where does the breakdown come in? Is the division within individuals, you know, with the S at the end, because, you know, whatever the, um, 
Well, you know, what's probably is Pareto's rule. Everybody know Pareto's rule? Uh, a lot of people know is the law of uh, um, the 80-20 law. Like uh, 20% do 80% of the work. I mean, it's a very real statistic. I mean, there's a whole science behind it. There's actually um, like CD series, teaching series on it. Uh, yes, I do own it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but it's very, you'll see it in almost everything that, that 20% of the people accomplish 80% of the work. So you could take that probably in churches. I'm sure it would work out uh, to the same thing that in most churches, it's 20% of the church that's actually making and getting the church to where it's doing, while 80% of the church is not doing what their part. What if 100% did it? Actually, what if we could get churches to a 50-50? How much powerful would a church be? Oh my goodness, that would be 30% more on the 80-20 rule. So, so Jesus is telling a principle here of success and how to operate is you've got to be in, in agreement. So now what happens if, let's, go, let's break it back down to a family unit. What if part of the family is born again and part of the family is not? Now you've got a mess on your hand, right? That, that you're going to have to get the wisdom of God. of How, how, how do we get this thing? Because, because our unit, whatever that unit is, is not fully on the word of God, that does not change the word of God that a house divided against itself uh, cannot stand. Let's go to Genesis 11, see if we can. All the way back. How many knows Genesis, like, when you say back in the day, Genesis really qualifies. Okay? So we're going to go back in the day. Back to the beginning. Of th this is the chapter before Abraham. All right? And we're going to look at verse uh, 6. Now, this is the, the Tower of Babel, but I just want to read this one verse. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Do you know what he just said? They all agree and are all going the same direction. There is nothing that can stop them. Then Jesus comes back, what, about 4,000 years later, and says the house divided against itself cannot stand. And we've read the parable. How many have read this parable before? Amen. Or heard somebody preach on it or something? Yeah, but how much did we really think about it and say, I've got to make sure my house is in agreement. I've got to make sure I'm in agreement with the Word of God. Because the, the alignment is on the word of God. Now, as I said, the next chapter is Abraham. And so uh, I'm not going to go through the chapter 12 and what God did with Abraham. But he, he God appeared unto uh, Abraham at 75. And at 99, Abraham stumbled not at the promises of God. So for 24 years, what was God trying to do with Abraham? To get him to get in agreement with what God had said, what he had said. Because Abraham struggled with what God said. So now there's division between Abraham and God. Now thank, thank God for his mercy that he kept working with, with Abraham for 24 years. But the whole process is to get Abraham in agreement with the word of God because God could not walk with Abraham or Abraham could not walk with God 
in disagreement because a house divided against itself shall fall. As I said, the United States uh, Constitution, that's what we're unified on, the rule of law. We all, even though our ancestries all come from different parts of the world, came in in and, and different uh, cultural and traditions and different things like that, people came to America and they became Americanized. How much does that happen now? Most, most people that come into the United States from a, you know, what would be a foreign land from us, retain their culture and traditions and try to impose it upon um, uh, the United States of America. And it will fulfill the word of God. A house divided cannot stand. So it's not just a people thing. It's not just, well, yeah, but this is just the way we've always done it. A house divided cannot stand. So nothing, uh, uh, according to this verse in Genesis 11, nothing would be withheld from them. Now, if we could get unified in all arenas of our life, come into agreement with the Word of God, get our families all on the same page, get our church all on the same page, oh my goodness, what would be withheld from us? According to the Bible, nothing. But we are so, especially here in the United States of America, we are so individualized that I've got a right. Who are you talk to me like that? You go back, look at the dynamics of money again within a family. Um, if if uh, you have like, say, like a 50-50 split, 60-40, 50-50, you know, husband and wife kind of make the same thing. Well, I work. I should be able to do what I want to do. Then you get into, a let's, let's say, a 90-10 where one person is really the breadwinner. And then they start acting like they've got the right to say everything. Well, I make all the money. You know, you know how easy it is to get out of get uh, disagreement within people. I mean, the real, reality is, and, and I'm not dogging away. You know, people have been people ever since people have been people. If you get ten people and uh, have a committee, there's an old joke that said if Moses would have started a committee, they'd still be in Egypt. Um, you know, because if you get people, you're going to get differing opinions. All right. So I mean, that that's a reality of life. So so if if we had a hundred people together, or in the days of the Tower of Babel, they had more than a hundred. How, how do you get agreement when we all have opinions and ideas? Submission. To what? To the Word of God. Okay, to, uh, for Christians, it would be the Word of God. In Genesis 11, what was it? What were they submitted to? The law. The what? The law. The law uh, actually, it was the project. They were, they were all in agreement that we're going to build this big tower that's going to reach into the heavens and we're going to accomplish all this, this, and this. And so it didn't matter what level of management to, to labor you were. We were all working toward the same goal. Yeah. In the church, it's not about me. It's not about somebody else. It's about the Word of God. Now, the problem that we have nowadays is most people don't study the Word of God. So they have ideas and doctrines that are based on their ideas. Or they listened to uh, 1,500 different preachers and got some form of a doctrine, and uh, now they live by it. Well, I know I heard somebody say, uh -huh, well, give me a verse on that. Well, well, I got no verses on it, but, but they're a really well-known preacher. Who cares? You, you're going to make your idea on what somebody says? You're going to make your idea on what the Word of God says? Now, we are all at different levels of revelation, so, so we might even struggle within that. But even look back when the, Ameri when the United States was set up in a good way, 
and we had the right side of the aisle and the left side of the aisle. Uh, the Democrats and the Republicans had di a little bit differing of opinion, and they would push and pull and, and argue it out and fight, and then they would come up with a vote, and they would go the way that the majority went. Now they're like both so far apart, they just fight and try to kill each other. And so, uh, uh, so now it's just a madhouse up there. Uh, but let's go to 1 Corinthians and uh, take this over into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So what are we looking at? The parables of Jesus. A house divided cannot stand. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 1, Corinthians 1 10 says, um, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Uh, you you, you got to get this. I'm sure it says pretty much everything in different translations. That you all speak the same thing. Now, does that sound like any place else in the Bible? Kind of sounds like Genesis 11. They all had the same speech. They're all talking about the same thing. How do we get this thing built? Hey, we got a problem over here. How do we fix this thing? Oh, let's bring our architects in. Let's look at it. Let's, let's come up. Okay, we need this and this and this. Go get, you know, 14 bags of cement. Okay, we'll run down there and get 14 bags of cement, you know, or whatever. Uh, grab some rebar while you're at it. Okay, we'll grab rebar. Why? Because the outcome was the goal. Do you know how many people... Yeah, I don't agree with Pastor David on that. When he says that, eh, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Well, I don't have a problem disagreeing with me. Get a Bible verse and come talk to me about it. Instead of like, oh, you think I don't know, huh? <laughs> you think God don't hear things too? You think he don't know? I mean, if I know, he definitely knows. I'll speak the same thing. That, that's a hard verse, isn't it? We're going to build this clinic. We're going to get this church. We're going to um, get this youth program going. We're going to, see, it, it's funny how many people, they'll come up with the problem. Why don't you speak the same thing? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, as it was brought up a little bit earlier. Do you know how hard those five words or whatever it is? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven words that you all speak the same thing. We're in the New Testament, aren't we? Yes. Hmm. And that there be no divisions among you. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, talking about 2020 and the advertisements, we're all in this together, trying to get everybody to do the same thing. The devil knows how the house divided cannot stand. Now you see resistance. And you see people struggling and, and trying to respin things. Why? Because the house divided cannot stand. So, so coming back down to the church, do you know how powerful the church is? What's that? It <laughs> It could, in fact, that's even an understatement. It could be very powerful, and that would be an understatement. It is the plan of God. But my goodness, the requirement is so high that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, how much of 
of you is in that, or me, you know, I'm, I'm not picking on you, but just individualized, how much of you is in that? And we we got to give up self in order to get in unity, don't we? That's the problem. It's a huge problem, because none of us like it. I mean, it's a, it's a real natural problem. I'm not picking on people. It's, it's a very real thing. So in it, what does the enemy want to do? He, wanted to, he wants to get you out of agreement. He wants you to get you in you. He wants to get you focused on your business instead of his, his being God's business. The interesting thing about that, uh, she's coming with the microphone. The interesting thing about that is that the things that God has given to us, everybody wants, but nobody wants to get in agreement with God in order to get what he said he's already given to us. To me, that's and I'm amazed at myself because I see the same struggle going on in me. Go ahead, Stephen. Well, they can't hear you on the, the uh, live stream. It's on. So would that also be the division within the church? Satan wants us to be divided. Absolutely. I, I used to say, well, yeah, well, let's say there's 100 churches and they all each have their own viewpoint and opinion. If they were all together and God walked in them, all divisions would end. Yes. So it's on every level, though. It's I've got to not be divided on the David level. I've got to be, I'm willing to walk in God's word. See, if I'm not, just use covenant of peace here, if I'm not willing to walk on God's word, how can covenant of peace ever be totally unified? Now, I don't know if you can ever get total unification because um, people have people been people ever since people have been people, and we do people things. But Prado's law, probably the church has been functioning majority around 20% in unity. But what if we could double that and get it to 40%? How much more power? Because if the Bible talks about one putting a thousand flight, two puts 10,000 flight, if on 20% the church is able to accomplish this, but at 40%, how much more would the church, and when I say church, I'm talking about the, the biblical church, you know, worldwide, but it all comes from the individual. Now, it's not as bad as it was, you know, 20 years ago, but by denominations, there was a lot of division. We don't like you because you're a this and we're a that. And, and somehow or another, that wall got broken down. And now people say, hey, you know, we're all serving Jesus. Yeah, we define a few verses differently. But, you know, on the majors, we agree. Jesus, the son of God, crucified, died for us, paid the price for our sins, rose from the dead, seated at the right end of the Father. Hey, praise God. We, we agree on that part, the majors. It's the minors that we, and we have liberty on the minors. Even as individuals, I might define one area differently than you define an area. Um, and so, so you, you know, we have to deal with that, but can I still walk in unity? Well, the world we live in right now, if somebody disagrees with somebody, man, they, they get all hot-headed. You ever notice how easy people get, like, if, if just somebody disagrees with you? It's like, can't we? Talk and disagree? Why, why do we got to, I mean, there are some people, you just got to watch what you say because you never know if you didn't cross, if you cross the T at a little bit of an angle, man, they're going to go off on you. Um, all right, one last verse. Go to the book of Amos. 
page 1090 in my Bible. I'm not sure what it is in your Bible. I put a bookmark there. Maybe if you prayed about this message, you would know where to put your bookmark. <laughs> Amos chapter 3, Amen. verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? What a powerful verse with only just a, um, six or seven words in it. How can two people walk together unless they agree? Do you know how many people are trying to walk together? But disagreement is driving something on the inside of them. They didn't get their way. They weren't recognized a certain way. They didn't like the way somebody talked to them. Uh, you know, all these different things. I remember I've told the story many times with my boss. Um, his name was Pat. And uh, I was a manager. He was a district supervisor. And he came into my office and he was telling me what I'm going to have to start doing. And I said, Pat, that's not going to work. And uh, uh, he says, well, this is what the headquarters said. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. I said, Pat, it's not going to work. It's going to be a waste of time. I'm not going to do this. And we started, we were, I mean, we were arguing. I mean, it was a going back and forth, but it was never personal. Uh, noon came around, it was like uh, 11.50, 12 o'clock, and Pat goes, oh, it's lunch, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, let's go to lunch. You know, we, went there, we had a great lunch. We came back, picked up, up where we left off. It's amazing how nobody can disagree now and, and kind of work things out. Now, he was boss. I'm going to end up doing what he said. I knew the outcome of this. I was just going to try to get him to change his mind in the process. It didn't work because his boss was telling him what to do. So, so we all did it, and it didn't work. But hey, you know what? We all did it. Uh, and went on saying, but you know, again, unity is better than division. Now, I wish I would have known the things that I know now because my heart wasn't right in it. I did it grudgingly. But what if the body of Christ could walk together? What if husbands and wives could walk together? What if husbands and wife, along with children, could walk together? You know how many children give their opinions of what they think should happen? Parenting class 101 now. <laughs> but, but parents actually train their children now to be divisive within the family unit. I remember, that, I remember sitting in a car. We were going to go to lunch one time. There's a little, uh, me and Tammy and two other adults and a little girl there, maybe five, six, something like that. Uh, where, where do you want to go eat? And they asked the little girl where she wants to go to eat. Oh, my goodness. It was chaotic for the rest of the night. You don't ask a five, you got four adults in there and one five-year-old? Well, you ain't going to ask the five-year-old where they want to go. They're, they're not mature enough to even make the decision. Oh, I got this place. No, I want to go to that place. I want this. I want it's like, shut up. Let's stand. Um, the parables of Jesus. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, I'm, I'm rephrasing last week, you're not going to understand anything that I talk about. Galatian, Paul comes back and says, if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you're going to reap corruption, or if you sow naturally, if you make your decisions and, and have your outputs based on natural things, you are going to reap destruction. It's amazing to me how many people walk in destructive uh, situations and never trace it back to, it's the decision that I want. It's really deceiving for Christians who know the Bible, but they know it up here and don't know it right here because they're legitimately trying to do the Bible, but it's just head knowledge. 
And so they're, they're still getting things that are not working out, wondering why it's not working when, as I, I use the phrase, a statement of being. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So, so Paul teaches the same thing. Jesus comes back uh, in Mark chapter 4. Actually, it was in all three, uh, uh, all four Gospels, but um, I, I chose the one out of Mark. And he says that, that how you sow, the, the, seed, see, the sower sows the Word of God, and there's a ground that's going to determine the outcome of how it comes back. If you don't understand this process, you're not going to understand any parable that I talk about. Now we move into the second one I'm dealing with. Not that it's the second important one. I just kind of went through the parables and chose which one I wanted to based on kind of a, a logical manner. Because even if I understand the parable of the sower, but I can't walk in unity... How am I ever going to sow correctly? I mean, the, the verse we ended on in Amos, unless two can walk together, uh, unless two agree, how can they walk together? A house divided cannot stand. You're going to walk in destruction. It's a spiritual principle, not a natural principle. Jesus said it. This is how it works. This is what he was teaching the people about the operation of the kingdom of God and, and, and the whole system of heaven that's come to earth is that you have to align yourself with what I have said. The thief is going to come and try to bind you from the power of it by getting you out of agreement because a house divided cannot stand. And we just kind of go merrily along our way doing what we think is best, but we, we forsake this, this reality of unity. And it's not, you know... It's, that's not conformity. Conformity is you do, you will conform to it. But you really don't want to. You know, you are, uh, I, I was coming back, I had a, a meeting uh, with Ashley here uh, last week, and I was coming back from Rinkin Field out in uh, Tulare, you know, south end of Tulare. And uh, I was leaving, and then they had something come up that I had to deal with, and so it, it got me late. I hate being late. So I text her and said, uh, I'm leaving the south end of Tulare right now. I'm going to be a few minutes late. So uh, if you're not there yet, just kind of slow down. Or if you're there, just kind of hang out. And uh, so, so, you know, I know there's a speed limit. So, you know, when you're on the open road, you conform. And you nudge it a little bit. And so I thought, you know, there's a lot of country roads between here and there. I turned left, turned right, got on this road, pumped it up. I'm making some time. And I see this car out there on the side of the road. Those look like police colors. And uh, so, so I, I caught it and I start slowing down. Uh, what am I talking about? Unity versus conformity. I'm not in unity with the speed limit right now, okay? I'm conforming. So I start slowing down. And sure enough, it's a highway patrol. What in the world is a highway patrol sitting on the country road on the side of the road? Except to annoy me. See, a lot of people are trying to conform to the Bible. It's in their head. I know I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to do this. I don't understand why I keep battling these things in my life. It's because you're trying to do it out of your... You're, you're, conform, you're conforming to the Word of God, but we've got to be transformed into the Word of God. That we're a living epistle known and read of all men. I am what this thing says. I am healed. 
Now, I recognize the fact there's sickness and disease out there. I try to get, but I am healed. I'm going to walk in the hill. I'm going to fight everything that tries to stand against who I am. I, I have all sufficiency in all things. I may abound to every good work. I still got to be a good manager over money, uh, but I'm not going to conform to this. It, I don't care what the economy does. I'm going to be on top. It's who I am. God's going to show paths. God's going to open up ways because it doesn't matter how bad things get. The opportunities will come to me. It, it, it's a statement of being. That's what I work on. I'm not conforming. I'm unified. I want the word, me and the word, to be just so ingrained together, which if you do this, you're not picking and choosing verses that you like and finding excuses to not do other verses. You're trying to figure out how to do everything that Jesus said. Why? Because a house divided cannot stand. And if I'm divided within myself, myself is not going to work. Hallelujah! God wants us to succeed. Jesus taught us how to succeed. Everything I do, I'm sowing. I'm going to reap from it. And if I can't align myself with the word of God, the end is destruction. You're going to walk through something.